good morning. You're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. I'm your host, Lily Sloan. I'm a psychotherapist in San Francisco, California, United States, planet Earth, uh, who who does a lot of radio. Um, Probably more radio than I do psychotherapy. I'm not sure. Anyway, this is an advice show. And if you have any life questions you would like to submit to the show to be discussed, um, you can you could submit them anonymously by going to radicaladviceshow.com and clicking submit. Uh, we'll bring you to the page where you can do that. Um, also, feel free to tweet or send a message on Facebook or anything while the show is happening live um, on Twitter at, at radical underscore advice. If you know me well enough to have my phone number, you can text me or Slack me or however we communicate. Um, ESP sometimes works, depends on uh, how cloudy my mind is that particular day. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna have a guest on today. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some interesting stuff that we'll get to in a bit and answer some listener life questions. Um, so stay tuned. There'll be a little bit of music. But right now we are listening to a uh, Philip Glass piece as performed by a Italian pianist named Olivia Belli. Um, Belly spelled B-E-L-L-I. And we're going to take this peaceful music opportunity to just step back a little bit from what you're doing if you can. And check in with yourself. A lot of people set these expectations that, you know, oh, I downloaded the Headspace app or I, you know, I went to a meditation class. I'm going to do this every single day. 10 minutes or 20 minutes and it's going to change my life and yeah if you did it it would probably have a pretty good impact but most of us don't end up doing it or we do it for like a week and then we stop doing it and then we feel like we failed and something that I I've found really helpful is to just try to remember that even you know throughout the day that even one minute even 30 seconds of pausing and paying attention to my breath and my body and noticing where I'm at is, is helpful, is a good practice. And it's something that you can, can do anytime, anywhere. Um, you don't have to close your eyes to meditate. You don't have to be sitting in a particular upright position in lotus pose to meditate. It doesn't have to be a, a dark room with, you know, with with chimes it can just be anywhere anytime it can be in your car while you're driving with your eyes wide open (laughs) paying attention but the idea is that you I wouldn't even call it meditation I'd call it you know being mindful um, being present bringing yourself into into the moment so that's what we're going to do right now is just a couple of minutes of noticing what's happening in your mind what's happening and not not the content not all the details not getting sucked into the story but pulling yourself out a little bit into like a a kind of meta place like noticing 
the process your mind is in at the moment. And bringing that same kind of attention to your breathing, to any kinds of sensations in your body, any emotions that might be there. okay if you don't even know how to identify what you're feeling it takes a lot of practice you don't need words you don't need to bring like a narrative to it you're just noticing what's there we'll do that for about another 45 seconds and we'll listen to another song and let the conversation begin. advice on bff.fm uh here in 
San Francisco. I was going to say sunny San Francisco. I have no idea what it's like outside. I'm fine with that. I like the darkness. It's the mission. It's like a little sunny. Yeah, it's a little sunny. But I don't think you can say sunny San Francisco. No, no. <laughs> um, this is my guest, Natalie Gallitzer. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Um, so that song that you picked was the Beach Boys' Vegetables. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. Well, I feel like, um, so I have, I'm getting over an injury um, and I've been off my feet for like almost four months and um, I believe the prompt was pick something that represents where you are in life right now and I was like well I'm eating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods and pretty much only eating vegetables so I feel like this is where I'm at right now you're at vegetable you're at beach boys yeah basically like thinking about how I'm gonna chow down on all my vegetables Gosh, all the time that sounds like a stomach ache for me there are definitely days where I'll you know like I mean, it's several weeks or months in between, but where all of a sudden I have a deep desire to eat a large piece of meat. Yeah. Yeah. Like my body is just like, you're not getting enough protein or something. It's like a craving. And uh, I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm close enough. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to listen to your body sometimes. What's the last piece of, big piece of meat you ate? Well, I, um, I... So I'm transitioning. This is like a longer story, but yeah. I um, I went to my workplace last night and I haven't worked oh. a shift since I got injured because I, I work as a bartender and a waitress. But I've recently started getting back on my feet. So last night I went in to learn how to host so oh. that I, it's a role where it doesn't involve as much walking and I can just stand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I ate a piece of lamb in the back. Mm. Mm, I love that like came back back oh yeah it was like I mean everybody eating from the same fork kind of style I think I probably also ate a piece of duck I don't know there was a really spicy tomato Mm. Mm. sounds good yeah it was really tasty so a nice little break from all the vegetables Mm -hmm. especially Mm. since my lunch was romaine lettuce what how do you have energy (laughs) There was also an egg sandwich. Oh, good. Okay. 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 <laughs> but I forgot I was going to have a salad on the side. So like I had my egg sandwich and then I like got up and I realized that I had this romaine that I had peeled away and washed. And I was like, well, I'm just going to eat this. <laughs> Did you just like eat the head? <laughs> oh, no. I like dipped it in mayo. It was disgusting. Oh, wow. I was like, well, I didn't make salad dressing. There's still some mayonnaise on my plate. <laughs> I was, um, it's a, it's, a, I don't know. I don't feel bad about it. Good. You shouldn't. I love mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that beach boys song i hadn't heard because i don't know like the the deep the deep mm. cuts i don't even know is that a deep cut maybe that was a hit song and i missed it no it's on like smiley smile or smile i think the one i send you is from smiley smile so it's definitely a sort of a brian wilson uh driven thing not mm-hmm. like a not one of like the pop albums for sure yeah but <laughs> is, it was was it just like like anything that was Brian Wilson was was were people indulging him or I don't know honestly I don't know I mean I, he was I kind imagine of he's the one who uh, had the more interesting ideas yes well I think he was on more drugs oh and got it. had maybe more mental 
I don't, I'm not sure. I don't want to like diagnose somebody who I can't remember what their diagnoses are, Mm -hmm. but I think he had, well, I, I think he took more drugs. Yeah. A lot more acid, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not going to do this because I, I, yeah, I'm not going to do it, but a part of me is curious, like what my acid album would be like, Mm. you know, (laughs) like what would that. Mm -hmm what threshold would get crossed? Like, what direction would it end up going? Mm-hmm. Would it be really dark? Would it actually end up being really, like, right. silly? Would it be a children's album, you yeah, know? I don't know. I mean, I I think, you know, I don't think that maybe you should take a ton of acid to figure that out, but I think maybe, like, one acid trip in creating might be fine. Yeah, that's a thought. Hmm. All right. Well, like, just... You know, I think he may have done too much. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's... But the thing is, when you do, quote, too much... Mm. Oh, God. Because <laughs> you know, who knows what the what is too much. Um, when you do too much, uh, when you do a lot, let's say, mm-hmm. um, I am. I think that there's more residual, like, mm-hmm. it's affecting you right. outside of the drug passing through your body kind of sure. thing. Because it's normally, like, an eight-hour thing. Right. And then, it's kind of over and when you when you don't do it very often I think it really it depends it does depend on the person but Mm -hmm. you know it's not like um yeah I think when you're doing it a lot consistently it probably is just always kind of going just like a low level yeah or high level I mean yeah maybe maybe (laughs) maybe there aren't things jumping out of bushes the whole time but but maybe you have a little a moment I guess a flashback as they say yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had, I don't know enough about, I don't know enough about acid, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, um, of things, the, 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 eff- the bodily effects of things and, mm-hmm. and all of that, you are, uh, in school to be mm. a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I just finished my first semester, which Congratulations. is very exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah I don't know I don't know what to say about it are you uh do you have a I mean I, I don't know where I'm going okay if that I know well, where yeah, I was gonna be like do you have a certain area of, of nursing you're interested in but most people don't know until they've tried out different ones yeah I think a lot I think there's a there's definitely a number of people who come in with like I want to do labor and delivery or something right, and right. I feel like most people who know what they want to do want to do labor and delivery yeah. like there's something about about that or like women's health generally that's my my sister-in-law's a labor and delivery nurse but I don't think I mean I spoke I've spoken to a few classmates who are further along than I am who came in thinking they wanted to do peds or labor and delivery and are no longer on that track Mm, you know mm -hmm. so I think um I feel like also because I am coming at it from an as in like an older person you know like I mean this is like a second career at least in your 60s (laughs) well (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not like 20 coming out with this idolism of like, this is what I want to do. Because when I was like 20, 21, I was positive about what I wanted to do, even though that all kind of on it, like within, I mean, it all kind of fell away. What did you want to do then? I thought I wanted to do like genetics stuff, but I didn't know what that meant. You were, oh, I, I bet you were like, I want to genetically engineer the new human race. 
Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not a eugenicist. No, I mean, you know, but like superpowers. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. I think I was more into like like CSI type things. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or um doing like kind of forensic. Right. Stuff. I think really what it was is like I really enjoyed the puzzle portion of like learning about genetics in mm -hmm. my biology classes mm -hmm. and I was good at it so I was like oh well I really like learning about this so I want to learn more about it without realizing like thinking I mean you're like 16 you know or yeah. 17 eight, whatever yeah. you don't really think about um or at least I didn't really think about what that meant as a career right. you know learning more about something is not the same as like what does the job look like yeah right. you know right and so I graduated with a degree that I knew immediately that I was not going to use mm. um and so now was it I'm in biology yeah molecular okay. and cellular biology whoa and then I went to grad school for ecology and evolutionary bio and then I quit that I didn't know that yeah That's amazing so so I had this whole like uh anyway this other biology life that I like pretty much never pursued like I came out here to do um ecological research and stuff so I was mm. in that but then I got into food and now I'm going back into the sciences, but in a more human facing way. Right, right. Um, but I think having all of that past of like uncertainty and moving around and like trying things out for, I mean, the restaurants that I worked at, the the jobs that I've done, I did for several years before I moved on to other places. Mm -hmm. um, so I really feel like I learned a lot about them and a lot about working and a lot about myself. But I think that gives me a lot of um, a lot of pause when coming into like nursing school. Like I'm not going to say what kind of nursing I want to do until I've experienced the job. Right. Does, you know, so in right. each clinical and I mean, I've only had one semester so far, but I mean, you know, we had like one ex exceptionally passionate professor and every subject he talked about, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what I want to do. This is, you know, and yeah. so like I realized that semester one maybe public health is what I want to do maybe he's just a very passionate person and yeah. like I just am excited right and you're you're soaking mm -hmm. all that in yeah so we'll see next semester the second semester is psych and labor labor and delivery okay so we'll see how I feel maybe I will be one of the I mean it feels very cliche but another woman going into being a doula <laughs> I mean and that's not a it just feels cliche I don't mean that as a insult. yeah 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 well it's I mean I I would be into it if I mm -hmm. was into uh if I felt like I had the confidence to really learn all the mm -hmm. the more technical side mm -hmm. of nursing and you know all the science I I'd probably be okay now, but I think when I was younger, especially, I just felt like I was really bad at science mm. and math classes, mm -hmm. and like, and my interests have always been more in in the arts and humanities, mm -hmm. and so it it always seemed the amount. I mean, I I purposely transferred from community college to a four year university where my major and the requirements were like very little mm -hmm. of that stuff that like if I went to nursing school I'd have to take all the prerequisites right. oh totally um but definitely ass assisting in births sounds really fucking I, cool I know I mean it really does and it really sounds also kind of magical and special you know and and though <laughs> knowing from uh from my sister-in-law like 
it's one it's a job that that is exciting in nursing because it is such a positive thing mm. except when it goes bad it's like so beyond it's like so tragic that's fair yeah Yeah. and I can imagine that like right the highs are really high the lows are super low low. in comparison to maybe cancer where like the highs are like probably pretty high but also there's probably a a, like a low level like kind of yeah scare you know it's always kind of right so when the downs are down it's kind of it's more of a like a slight dip I you know I don't know I'm not I'm not speaking from experience well you're gonna experience some of these things it's true true Yeah. yeah yeah well okay so but one of the things we were gonna this is good for knowing who you are and, and where you're at in your life. And, and one of the other things that we've touched on is this injury. Yeah. So I, um, I'm hesitant to say that I injured my foot, but my foot became injured mm-hmm. in, um, at the end of February. Um, and I woke up one day and it was really sore. And by the end of the day, I could barely walk on it. Mm-hmm. And essentially I was off of my feet until, mid-June and then I've slowly started walking again but my walking is like stilted it's slow it's still kind of painful um and so this happened in my first semester of nursing school and then my side job is a bartender so you you know you you can't bartend sitting down I mean, maybe somewhere, but you also like there's you can't bartend without having to walk to go get stuff right so that's been quite a struggle um and uh not as i mean it it could be worse it could all be worse you know um sure that's always true right but basically like i've been taking care of my feet pretty well for a long time so like this happening is just such a such a frustration mm. um you were taking care of them pretty well because there was there was like I had like plantar fasciitis pain in the foot that um, now has capsulitis. Um, So I had been like diligently stretching and um, doing contrast baths for a couple months. I had recently gotten a cortisone shot in my heel to try and deal with the pain, which which did not do anything. Wow. And then um, I was wearing, you know, I've been wearing Dansko's like, you know, really supportive shoes um, working for years. Mm -hmm. And um, I had... I've been wearing like super feet insoles for a very long time um and the weekend that this happened I was even wearing like you know like my casual dance goes Mm -hmm. in my other time so I'm like wearing all of the right shoes doing the stretches doing the baths putting like a topical cream on and then um the ball of my foot basically was like I'm sorry but fuck you what a dick. Yeah, it was really fucking rude. Pardon yeah. my language. No, that's fine. Um, and it's, especially on this topic, it's like bodies are so... Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's it's just been incredibly frustrating. I've been, um, like I said, eating a lot of vegetables, uh, doing a lot of different things to yeah. try and like um, be healthy and accelerate the healing. But I mean, to be honest, like as far as I can tell, really only time has been, has really been the only thing that's done anything. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's getting better. So um, clearly one or some or all of the things that I'm doing are working, or maybe it's just time and I'm just doing all of those things. Yeah. So that's something I wonder, like I um, have had a lot of various like 
chronic or like like you know challenges with mm-hmm. my with my body in various ways and I think that the thing for me and we've talked about this a little bit um the thing for me that's super hard is that there there aren't really magic pills for things right and so and a lot of treatments and approaches whether mm-hmm. you're taking kind of a conventional you know western approach that you're your doctor gave you or you're trying, you know, other alternative approaches or, you know, doing acupuncture, mm-hmm. going to, you know, get getting body work or mm-hmm. taking all the supplements and herbs or mm-hmm. having your chakras realigned or, you know, what, right. whatever, whatever thing, in whatever category, all of it, including mm-hmm. the supposedly scientifically, you know, backed up stuff. Mm-hmm. It's often... It's often, in my experience, not very clear if something is working. And I don't think that, I don't think that even like doctors and nurses know necessarily yeah. what's going to work. Yeah. You know, our, yeah. our body's a really, really complex system. Right. It's, it's just complex. It's way more, yeah. So how do you, how do you personally mm-hmm. hang in there with, with, doing all the things because for me it falls apart because mm. I'm like I don't even know if this is working because right. it's so slow it's so yeah. subtle and so I I often end up giving up and feeling like I wasted a lot of money right. and like I'm just wondering how like how you're because mm-hmm. it seems like you're not you're not like blindly like this is absolutely working so you don't seem to be in in like a placebo haze or like anything yeah not not and actually it would be great like placebo is great if you can make that work for you but right I mean again if it works (laughs) it it doesn't matter yeah to be if it's a placebo exactly so like for yeah for you how do you kind of talk yourself through all these decisions especially when Mm -hmm. you know money is tight yeah you're not able to work and right so I um I def- my mood has been like a seesaw. Like yeah. it's really over the last few months, there definitely there were a few days or weekends that were like they were really down. I was just really it felt like I felt like I was grappling with um the potentiality of never being able to really walk again, mm-hmm. you know, and having just decided on a career shift right. that still involves a lot of standing and walking right you know like not to mention not being able to do my current job but not being able to do my future job after I did a lot of research to figure out what I wanted to do you yes. know did all my prereqs got into school etc like I, I definitely had some like very downer moments oh I bet um but generally I am I am not the most down person mm-hmm. um so I think that helps that I don't tend to I, I tend to be more positive or more level mm-hmm. um but uh even let's see like what I think I think I just had to often like remind myself like you are seeing small changes mm-hmm. you know like I was seeing small changes and I would kind of cling to those yeah you know and also you know, I met someone whose whose mother um, is a nurse, but also is, has like limited mobility. Uh-huh, and so okay. knowing that there were possibilities out there and also like there wasn't there's, there was nothing I could really do exactly. You know, I mean, I was doing everything I could. But in terms of like, am I going to 
be as mobile as I once was, um, and I was a pretty active, like very mobile person, um, like I was going to have to just take it like kind of a couple days at a time. Yeah. And that yeah. that's it. Right. You know, like there's just no other, I, 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 don't, I don't really have the, um, I didn't really, I didn't really like let myself indulge too much and like I'm going to be down all the time, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, I also got disability. Right. Which was, I mean, money was like one of the biggest stressors, you know, being in school, not being able to work, already knowing that my income had been, you know, I'd been saving up to go to school. I hadn't been saving up to have an injury. (laughs) So I did. I had like a little bit of a cushion because of that savings anyway. Um, But I uh, disability really helps a lot. It takes a lot of the stress off, but it's also going to run out. Right. You know, it's only so much money. Um, I also have a lot of friends who are sympathetic and empathetic about the situation. And um, and on top of that, like, I um, I think that this has also been a really valuable learning experience for my future as a nurse. Like, I've never had an injury. I've never, never broken an arm. I've never spent a long time in the hospital. Yeah. So I, you know, I would say that I'm a, probably healthy person and um it has given me a lot of uh perspective in like how much you can ask of somebody you know in um and like meeting people where they are in their capabilities you know like we were doing um or I was learning a lot about like hypertension and um diabetes and stuff in some of my classes and these are all like um diseases where like the recommendations are often like get more exercise eat better things like that right yeah um but if your foot's fucked i can eat good you know but also even then like i'm i am limited in mobility right yeah so like i can eat what can be either delivered or what someone else is helping me get you know yeah and then um on top of that, like exercise, like what exercise? Yeah. You know, like I can't get, I can't get any fucking exercise. Anyway. Yeah. And it doesn't even really account for the psychological barriers. Oh, this, totally. When you're feeling discouraged. Or, and you just want to like know. sit in a chair and like watch TV and fuck around on your phone. Sorry, I have a terrible mouth. Oh, no, I love it. Um, I'm trying your, to make it better. Your mouth is welcome here. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be better generally. I don't think it's going to fly as a nurse. So if, <laughs> if I try like a year and a half away from graduation, maybe I can get rid of the F word. I mean, my... maybe I'm a niche uh, a niche uh, customer or uh, cl- patient, but mm-hmm. I would really enjoy it if, if my nurse, nurse was like, swore, swore a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I will be that salty nurse. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess like, yeah, the psychological barriers, physical barriers, and I... I'm not a person who's at risk of diabetes or whatever, but like that, you know, I don't know, sitting in classes and hearing these recommendations and being like, okay, so really you have to figure out what is capable for a person. There isn't a blanket. And I mean, that was definitely in the lesson, but it was just much more clear to me. Yeah. You know, and I'm really... And I don't think it is to a lot of providers. I absolutely agree. It is not to a lot of providers. And I... um. And I think that that's something that I hope I don't lose mm-hmm. when I can move around again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. That recognition. I'll just remind you a lot by like tripping you. <laughs> you're like, don't forget. <laughs> Remember those six months where you could barely walk? <laughs> you're like, yeah, 
Lily, I fucking remember. I do remember. I still own all the compression socks. <laughs> yes, I'm wearing compression socks. Yeah, you are. Super. Uh, like, I'm just over it. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it sounds like you don't feel like yourself. No. In, in ways. And I definitely, I feel like I've become a more introverted person because mm -hmm. I spend more time at home anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I've become more introverted or if I've been becoming more introverted and I'm now just using my foot as the excuse instead of I don't feel like it mm. or something or like work before. I mean, yeah. not that that was an excuse, but maybe I didn't realize that I was using work as an excuse to not do things or go yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now um, I definitely like, I mean, obviously I spend a lot of time at home. Yeah. I also, also, I will say that my mood seems to be very dependent on what kind of book I'm reading. And I've been reading a lot <laughs> because I sit at home a lot and like what podcasts I'm listening to. Yes. And yeah. so like obviously in this political climate, it's also also even more difficult to like stay in a good mood and be positive. But that also sometimes gives me pause and like my own situation is like, I mean, I, I have a lot of privilege and like my foot is an issue but at the same time like i don't know it just puts me it, my problems in perspective yeah you know yeah. like i i have access to being on disability like i have friends who are generous and will probably help me out if like some terrible things you know if something was worse you know yeah. uh, my friends who drive me to the grocery store every week you know and take me to the movies and stuff like that like i have i have a support network and so that has also like buoyed my mood yeah. a lot yeah yeah but then depressing books make it ugh, they really <laughs> i don't avoid them but man they they definitely affect it i i mean i have the problem not of like i don't need to push myself to not avoid them i i need to push myself to not read them mm -hmm. because i i mean well with reading not but but podcasts or mm -hmm. looking at twitter or what shows i'm watching that's definitely yeah. harder like i i get really um it's just it's like it's like you're in a certain mind state where it kind of feels like your world is ending and then the world is ending. Mm -hmm. And so like just I end up finding things that sort of confirm all of that. Yeah. Well, the world is ending. The world unfortunately. is ending. I mean, and we're ending like every, yes. everything is going to die. Right. So. I've definitely I feel like I've struggled with my mortality much more acutely in yeah. this. You know, I'm also like I turned 36 with this injury and like I feel like I'm you know, going back to school, blah, blah, blah. There's a little bit of reinventioning happening. And then, oh, it's just like, it really felt like my year. Yeah. And then it really didn't feel like my year. Yeah. Like all of a sudden. And that was, what, whatever. Well, when you talked about, you know, just you were alluding to earlier, just like how all the unknown that comes mm -hmm. with this stuff, especially with like our bodies and right. our health and injuries right. and how we can do all the things and we still don't know what's working or we still don't have control over right. everything and i and that is that is ultimately like a deep existential um, oh my god issue it was totally and my podiatrist doesn't know you know and like a month in maybe three weeks in like i emailed her you know and i was like i don't feel like it's getting better i don't feel any changes and her response was like that's the norm for this issue you know and that I've you know and she basically said I was at a conference recently and we were talking about capsulitis this is what's going on in my foot and you know it is widely viewed as 
a very frustrating thing both for providers and for patients because even the providers like are like grasping at straws you know and like surgery doesn't help it um it's it is just a like who the fuck knows yeah you know and basically we talk on she and I like talk on the phone every four weeks and then I you know send her panicky emails probably like once or twice in between those Mm -hmm. four weeks Mm -hmm. because that's also how I would uh hold my mood yeah (laughs) it's like I don't know this is working yeah yeah and she'd be like yeah just hang in there just sounds like you're doing the right thing (sighs) but um yeah there's nothing there's nothing to really once we once we get past and I tend to be skeptical about everything so I'm I'm really great at blowing past all avenues of reassurance or hope Mm. and then just being (laughs) in the not knowing yeah and the panic of that (laughs) and I and I feel like you know it's it's always a balance too because Mm -hmm. some people can get too and I think part of why I am where I am now is that I had many years of getting my hopes up about mm. things. Yeah. And and then being really disappointed. And so it's it's a really tricky to hold hold out some kind of hope or or at least pe- coming to peace with not knowing. And yeah. And and like you're saying, kind of like taking each day at a time. And yeah. I guess like, you know what I was talking about the, at the beginning of the show, like mindfulness, like being present is mm-hmm. probably all we can do. Yeah. Which really sucks when the present is is painful. Yes. But I mean, I think that, well, I think, um, and I had something to say and it just like wafted away from me. But yes, being present basically, I think is all I could really do because like ultimately yeah. it was essentially if I like let myself like spin out, like I can only do that for a little while before it is so unproductive yeah and um it's just for me like it's not healthy like I know it's not healthy and I can pull myself out so I'm going to use that skill and pull myself out Mm -hmm. I also work in an industry right now like bartending and waitressing where like you can have a bad moment you can have a bad table but everything ends Mm -hmm. you know and Uh so I think that like having worked in food for a long time like I just I think I've been trained to be able to like kind of move on yeah you know and I mean like I definitely like can remember mistakes forgotten things from like you know, the first restaurant I worked at like 15 years ago, you know, like I, I definitely can spin out over like, oh my God, I forgot that woman's ketchup <laughs> at TGA Fridays in like Batavia, Illinois in like 2005. Um, oh my God. But uh, that should be a blog. Right. Like all the, th- all the, all the things that you still feel bad about. Right. Oh God, let's not make it a blog. <laughs> let's just remember that she doesn't remember that. The woman that I forgot the ketchup for does not remember that. If you're listening, let us know. <laughs> how you feel about it now but you know anyway the point is my point is nights end you know like bad tables go away right um so I think that maybe having that kind of general attitude has helped me be like okay my foot will move on on the other hand then every now and then I'm in a panic and I'm like what if it doesn't what if that lady does remember that you didn't bring her ketchup oh my god yeah no well you know okay so I think we should just live without ketchup Jesus (laughs) 
we should we should but not mayonnaise because you need that for your I would be romaine. so mad if someone didn't for if someone forgot my mayo <laughs> I love mayo I hate ketchup so I don't really care about it <laughs> uh I prefer ketchup but that's um, fine they we can we can fight about it um in a moment um we should listen to another song and come back and do a listener question okay so and I and then and then I want to come back to uh, maybe discussing various perspectives on on ability and navigating the world sure. without it, and also um, you know some things we talked about earlier about things people say sure. and the yeah. way they word them and how yes. people might be more mindful of that. Totally. Okay, so um, let's listen to a new one from uh, Blood Orange. I didn't actually have time to listen to this album. Uh, but don't this, admit it. I know. I mean, this is why people don't think that I... Anyway. Um, We're going to listen to this great song by Blood Orange that Lily's really loving right now. Well, the thing is, is that you listened to the album, so... No one needs to know that you didn't. <laughs> but what... Okay. But what if I end up not liking it and then I want to come back and be like, look, like, I didn't know that that was going to be like that. Natalie's looking at me right now like, (laughs) you just need to stop. You just need to stop. Sometimes you just need to fake that confidence. No, I'm I'm just be a bartender. Oh, okay. What can I get for you? Exactly. Oh, I know all about that scotch. It's delicious. You should, you're going to yeah. love it. It's real smoky. Mm-hmm. Oaky. <laughs> Definitely lovely notes of vanilla. Yeah. Oh, I love those vanilla notes. Um, okay. Well, this is, uh, I picked it based on the name, Tuesday Feeling, uh, by Blood Orange from the new album Angel's Pulse.
You are listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever, uh, which, by the way, is a uh, San Francisco-based community radio station that uh, depends on support from listeners like you to keep uh, doing all the great stuff that we do, which includes, um, well, this show. Yeah, <laughs> but also um, we have we have uh, obviously a lot of amazing shows, a lot of great music here at the station, a lot of local and indie 
stuff you're not going to hear on terrestrial radio. And um, we put on events. So uh, this Thursday is our summer concert series um, in Jack London Square in Oakland in the uh, is it the uh the uh, the 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 grassy area i have yeah i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> the, the grassy the marina lawn that's what it's called <laughs> um but it's uh <clears throat> this thursday uh from 6 30 p.m to 9 p.m and we uh there'll be some really good local musicians playing and uh bff djs and beer and wine and um all this on a Thursday? nice lawn this Thursday. Nice. Yeah. I take the ferry over. That sounds so lovely. I know. Wow. Let me know if you want to go, if you feel like you can do it. I um so one of the one of the millions of things I'm doing for my foot are these um is this alternative treatment called prolotherapy, which is injections of like dextrose into my foot. Oh. I'm getting it tomorrow morning and it basically means I can't walk for like three days because it increases the pain for a little while. So I'll carry you on my shoulder. Yeah. So I'll be... Right, right, right. right. I should just come over and visit you. <laughs> no, uh, you should go to no, Mush. No, I'll go, I'll go to Mush, but you know. I'll go to Mush another time, okay. but this Thursday is... Uh, yeah. So if, if you can, if you have any mobility... Uh, this Thursday, you should come to Mush at Jack Linden Square, the Marina Lawn at 6.30 p.m. And then also, uh, this Saturday is our Besties Bash. Yeah, that I will be at. Yes, me too. And I'm really excited. Um, there's, again, more like uh, incredible local musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my friend Sean Rial will be playing, and they are so great this is the composer for um 99 invisible oh cool yeah and their other music that they make is just really really interesting and fun and uh unique and so i'm really excited to see that um i've seen them before like a, mm-hmm. at a, a small house concert nice and, yeah well now oh. i'm really i mean i was excited anyway but now i'm very excited yeah well i was sad because um Sean is in the band Little Teeth. Okay. And they did perform at one of the Bestie Bashes that I couldn't make it to. And I had been wanting to see them as a band. Um, But yeah, so that's this Saturday. This happens once a month here. Um, It's this Saturday at 4 p.m., 4 to 7. And if you are a Bestie, if you go to bff.fm slash summer sustainer and sign up to be a Bestie, which is just $10 a month or more, uh, you get in for free by uh, showing your cool enamel cool rock pin. Do you have one? Yeah, yeah. I lost I lost it once, and then I got. Oh, that's one. right, that's right. So we both but have, I do have them it. on our denim jackets, right? Yes, yeah. You know, because obviously we have denim jackets. Because uh, yeah, I know they're hanging next to each other right San there Francisco in the studio. Such cool kids. Yeah, we're super cool. Yeah. We have our jackets with our enamel pins. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, so so definitely, if you're not a bestie, you can still show up. Uh, it's a ten dollar donation um, suggested, and you come in. There's snacks. There's liqueur for the people who drink that stuff basically it's like i i really enjoy i mean i really enjoy it and i've really enjoyed it over the last few months especially because like couldn't stand but there's an elevator in the secret alley so like i come here on my knee scooter you know or my crutches or whatever and i'd be able to sit and watch music which like 
when you're injured and going to a show seems tough, although possible. I did recently go to a show at the New Parish and they saved me like an ADA seat. Um, But it's just... um, it's just like a really lovely way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's it's an afternoon show. You're done by dinner time. Yeah, and it's just accessible. Sit. Yeah, it's and it's actually like accessible from right. a disability perspective. Sure. Because there is a ramp and an mm-hmm. elevator and we will find you the right seat for you if, if mm-hmm. you have any special requirements. Yeah, um, I, um, I mean, I guess I, I was, I've been planning on going this whole time anyway because you know being in school and work my budget has kind of dropped so I figured my besties bash is my show budget yeah Uh, or my besties um my besties donation monthly donation is like my show budget it's like I like cut out pretty much all of my other like monthly expenses but I was like I can't give up BFF it's like way too important and also you know I I feel like I get so much out of it yeah a show like every once a month totally so yeah I think it's you know, obviously supporting something that is a great part of the community, et cetera. Like lots of my friends are here, blah, blah, blah. But also I'm also feel like I benefit. So, yeah. Well, definitely uh, if if you want to learn more about it, uh, you can check out BFF's uh, social media um, pages in the various places on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and, and at the website at BFF.fm. And you can look at the events there and find out where we are and what time and all of that and also again go to bff.fm slash summer sustainer and become a bestie like yeah. like me and natalie yeah we are besties do it yeah what are you waiting for yeah i mean no it's like there's ten dollars no t- yeah be present and in the present go to bff.fm slash donate yeah. or summer sustainer i mean honestly you could drink ten dollars worth of Lacroix. At one of the besties bashes. Oh God, yeah, you'd get and your, then so you get, get your money, money back. back. Oh yeah, and there's great like food donated by local like shops and yeah. stuff. So yeah, although yeah. don't drink ten dollars of Lacroix in one sitting, I feel like you would explode. Oh God, I mean I ex- I can't drink it because like one sip and I feel like I'm gonna explode. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right? Well, okay, all right. So. so so we have a listener question to talk about that I have been nervous to talk about. And it's been sitting here for a bit. And so the person who wrote it may be long gone, um, maybe, uh, or maybe is listening. But I think today, I, when I started discussing it with you a little bit in mm-hmm. during when we had the music on, oh, which by the way, that new Blood Orange track, loved it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was such a good Tuesday yeah. feel. Yeah. And then we extended the song time a little bit. So people had bathroom break time. <laughs> Because <laughs> we talked too much through the first song. Um, so after after the Blood at Orange Tuesday Feels song, I played a cover of Lonesome Town um, by... Uh, what the hell? I was just... Uh, <laughs> by a band. I know who it is. Um, With a name. Yeah. That Lily's going to find. That's, that's... Eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, I took it off of my playlist already because I'm being oh, so no. organized. Um, that was, uh, what? Oh, Heaven. Heaven is the artist. Um, anyway, so we, we were discussing this a little bit and I just, I think it's time and I am nervous because I don't know, like many of the questions, there there isn't going to be a clear, straightforward answer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a discussion about it. And it's 
going to bring up a lot of confusion for us and maybe right. for our listeners. Right. And I I think that that's actually good. Like, I think that needs to happen. Okay. And we might, like you were saying, you might contradict yourself or disagree with yourself a lot. Probably. I tend to yeah. be the kind of person who thinks out loud and then yeah. regrets what I just said or maybe doesn't regret but comes to a different conclusion yeah and that's you know I think that's really important especially because of the topic that is something that people are grappling with a lot right Mm -hmm. now and there are some situations that are like yeah I know who to believe I know what I think I know how I feel about this and this is tricky because of who Mm -hmm. we're who we're hearing from Mm -hmm. is somebody on a different side of the situation sure okay so I'm gonna read it They write, uh, I was recently accused of a sexual assault by a third party in a group chat with all my friends in it. I know I didn't do anything, although I did make a comment about how big this girl's ass was, which I apologized for. However, his friend didn't seem to think that was enough, and him and I have had problems in the past because of how good of a friend I became with his girlfriend, my assumption. So instead of approaching me in private, he accused me of grabbing, groping, and assaulting his friend, all of which I know, all of which I know, and several people I was with know as lies. Honestly, in my response, I was confused at first. Then I got angry and proceeded to tell him to fuck off and pray I don't see him again. Admitted not my proudest moment. How can I recover from this gigantic mess? Wow. This is a mess. Yeah, that is a mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're just gonna we're just gonna sit here and take deep breaths for a while, right? I mean, there's there's. I mean, I think he needs to sit there. I think they all need to sit there and take deep breaths for a minute. That is good advice. I mean, it's this was sent in a few months ago, so hopefully that's happened, right? But maybe taking some deep breaths before he told his friend to fuck off and like threatened him might have been a good. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so hard because I like I was telling you during the break, like I, I kind of don't know what to do with this mm-hmm. because my inclination mm-hmm. is to always believe the the accuser or the sure. you know, the victim. But also the victim doesn't isn't coming into the story. Right. At all. It's the victim's boyfriend. Maybe or jealousy friend. issues. Is that yeah. correct? Well, Sounds like the victim is not the girlfriend of that guy. This oh. is just a friend. Um, but this guy has an assumption that he doesn't get along well with the dude because the, his assumption is because of how close of friends he was with his girlfriend, with the dude's girlfriend, which, again, oh that's God. an this assumption. Is like, it's also like I'm having a hard time figuring out the relationships I'm gonna everybody. get out. I'm going to get out a whiteboard. Yeah. Can we map out the this whole situation? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. But also I kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so so hmm. sorry. Let's let me clarify. Um, this guy's accused by some guy in his social circle mm-hmm. who dislikes him because the guy A is was good friends with the accuser's or was. girlfriend. Yeah, but. The accuser is accusing him of assaulting someone else entirely. Yeah. And 
in a situation where there were other witnesses who and witnesses who say i don't know what you're talking about yeah and there was um there's a combo of things going on there because this person who wrote in did did do something inappropriate and Mm. and shitty by making some commentary about how big this girl's ass was right but he does admit that and says he apologized for it um I mean, and and who knows what that apology was like, right. because people are feeling like that wasn't good enough. I don't know. Right. Um, wow. Well, I think um, I think that maintaining one's innocence is probably the wrong way to go, because it sounds like that's probably a losing battle. Like you yeah. have your friends who believe you and you have this guy who is let's let's assume he's making a baseless accusation. Yeah. OK. OK. Let's just assume that like. If if this guy's story is accurate, he's making a baseless accusation because he doesn't like the guy. Like, this guy is not going to convince that guy that he's full of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. Like, he's going to – this guy, I think, just has to – maybe go to therapy and recognize that like this isn't this is something that's happened in his life now and he needs to figure out how to live with the like dislike of him that exists in the world yeah yeah yeah. which is not exactly ideal but i don't i don't know if it's appropriate or not for him to reach out to the victim like in via email or something and just say hey this is what's happening like do you think that I assaulted you and what happened because at a minimum I want to behave better but I mm-hmm. didn't think I did anything wrong like mm-hmm. please let me know so that I can do my best to like mm-hmm. either like make it up to you or at, not do it in the future or something mm-hmm. right like yeah I don't know how it should be worded but it's it's like if if there's a con- if there's a conflict to be resolved mm-hmm. here I think it's between him and this potential victim right and you're right it may not be uh that may be too much to ask of her and so right but i think i think unless somebody unless she has said do not contact me Mm -hmm. reaching out to her humbly yes right i think that's also the key and like and also in there saying look if you don't want to speak to me uh like you aren't obligated to speak to me. Yeah. This is, you know, but I I would like to get to the bottom of what has happened. Yes. So I can, so, so, um, so I can do better. Yeah. You know, and also so that I can, uh, so I can understand, um, you know, how you understand what happened. Right. And, and listen to that because that's who you should be listening to. Right. How does she understand what happened? Mm-hmm. And then how and then pause <laughs> if you get that response and she explains, give yourself a moment, mm-hmm. a day, whatever to, to sit with it, go right. to a therapist, talk through it, you know, yeah. yeah, and really take in what she's saying. Right. I mean, there is a possibility. Well, who knows? You know, I don't I don't know the rest of it. So I, I guess I feel like I can't. Yeah. You know. It's just Take like, guesses, but uh, I I also hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a this is a really hard one because there's so much we don't know, and there's mm-hmm. I would 
I'm I'm often I I'm often you know as a therapist and as a person on the show as a mm-hmm. host of the show my my role is often to you know put my focus into believing what the person in front of me is telling yeah, me yeah absolutely and like aligning with them not right. not necessarily like saying oh you didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. but like being there as their support yeah 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 and it's really tough with situations like this because yeah. there's there's the lo- bigger picture right. of how the shit goes down yes well and I think that we're also in an era where a lot of people out there don't know what sexual assault is right like unfortunately they haven't figured out yeah what that really means and I, I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people out there who don't realize that what they're doing is assault. Yeah. And um, having the like a, like self-reflection and having the ability to be self-aware and like reach out to somebody and have a better understanding of that yeah. is kind of crucial. And like having mm-hmm. having the like that humble attitude of being like, okay, clearly, clearly there's somewhere there's something that's like a definition that I don't understand, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be on the victim to like do the work for that person. No. But on the other hand, like, like she's not obligated or she, right? Was not obligated to um, uh, necessarily answer the question. But at the same time, like if, if what, whatever happened between them, if something even happened between them, was not you know wanted by her yeah then he needs to know that yep you know and so that he can at least like understand what that looks like in his life yeah you know Yeah, yeah i have never confronted somebody in my life who has like assaulted me Mm -hmm. and um so I feel like I actually I feel like they don't know yeah. that what they did was wrong. But I also and like there's a part of me that's like for the good of womanhood, I uh-huh. should maybe reach out to these people and be like, hey, what you did was totally inappropriate. And like there was no consent involved, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, I also I just don't really want to do that kind of work. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. repo- like I'm, I'm dealing with you. it myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be my fucking responsibility. And that's the problem that we're all kind of, and I'm so, I'm so grateful and like in awe of the women that are doing Mm, that work mm -hmm. because it is necessary, but also it's it's so hard and, and I don't blame anyone for not doing it right at at all. I mean, I, it's just, and also I think that if one of the men who, um, I think that if someone reached out to me and said, like, hey, like, you know, I have a feeling that what happened between us wasn't great. Can you explain why our relationship, friendship or whatever dissolved? I think I would actually respond really well. Yeah. You know, I would probably like. They're bringing something Exactly. (laughs) Right. And I'd be like, yeah, you we're a dick because of this you know mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, not a dick I'm sorry I'm I'm like I would explain how they sexually assaulted me yeah you know and yeah. explain like this is what was happening like 
I don't know what was happening on your end, but this is what was happening on my end. And I don't know how, like, it was very clear that you were not listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the fact that they were coming, if someone came to me and said, like, hey, I want to listen to you now, I would really respect that. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably um, be able to move on a little better but because I don't want to do the work I also realize that all of these things have happened in my life already and my life is my life like when I'm 60 these things will have still happened in my life right you know what I mean like they don't just disappear this isn't they're all they're all there yeah they're all there in my past so I have to figure out how to live with them and this guy's gonna have to figure out how to live with these accusations whether or not they happened yeah there's another part of this that I am feeling and I, you know, again, I'm I want to be I don't want people to feel like they <laughs> I want people to write in honestly. And that's part of why it's anonymous and and you know, for a variety of reasons, but I'm having some reactions to how stuff how how he's talking about stuff mm-hmm. that is making me think there is whether whether you did and whether you did groping or grabbing or any of that I still think there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff that's maybe not even involving physical touch that um could be unpacked around your relationship to women and how you see women because Mm -hmm. you're saying this all kind of started with you making a comment about how big this girl's ass is that you then apologized for um I don't know what was going on and like where that comment was coming from. But even the wording like she was probably a woman, not a girl. Um, You know, what is that? Uh, What Mm -hmm. where was that comment coming from inside of Mm -hmm. you? It's 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 like when people say something and they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It's like, yeah, but why did you say that? Mm -hmm. Like what what is your overall like viewpoint and Mm -hmm. frame framing? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it is it something that you might need to explore a bit more why is this the wording that came forth from your brain yeah yeah because I mean I mean obviously all kinds of things come into my brain that don't represent you know how I want to be in the world and so it's not sure. it's not that it's just um but it came out of mm-hmm. your mouth and then you apologize but did you really feel like it was it was wrong or did you just apologize because people were mad at you mm-hmm. you know and like right what, it's like when did the apology happen in a way yeah. like there's yeah and is is there a kind of objectifying mm-hmm. and like um belittling right. kind of uh nature to how mm-hmm. you think about women or or how in your social circle women are talked about yeah right like maybe there's there, this may be an opportunity for your, you at a minimum to like explore your own biases towards women a little more deeply and it's okay to like admire somebody's ass right I mean that's that's how I buy my jeans yeah is figuring out how good my ass looks (laughs) totally yeah and like but it's it's like what yeah what but there's a difference if someone like a stranger does not get to comment on my ass and also no one should ever tell somebody that their ass is fat no I mean I even though, like, I would like uh, to live in a in a size neutral world where you could just say, like, yeah, objectively, that's a large ass and that's a smaller ass, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or relatively, <laughs> and that's not that's not a value judgment, you know. Right, it's just an objective judgment. Yeah, but that's not that's really, not the world we live in. Yeah, and 
Yeah, I mean, I was walking. So I was walking to a exercise class yesterday, um, which is already its own stressor Mm -hmm. (laughs) in life. Like, oh, I'm not feeling great about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get I'm not I'm not going to the exercise class to try to change the way my body looks, but I'm going to try to feel better. Sure. Give and you a little more endorphins. Yeah, and get stronger and some and, good energy. Yeah. And I need to build certain muscles to to deal with my injury. Sure. Get your heart healthier. I mean, yeah. honestly, like outside of doing exercise that's gonna hurt you, like exercise is just gonna be good for you. Yeah. And I mean, you can overdo it. I kind of feel like yesterday yes. was a bit of that. But I was walking and I was wearing my exercise outfit, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, spandex mm-hmm. pants and a tank top. And I had like a sweater on over it. Um, and those pants, you know, show the shape of things. Mm-hmm. And I was walking down the street and I just ha- had like these two men who were sitting on the sidewalk one of them turned to the other and I just like as I was passing, I heard him be like, whoa, look at that ass. Shut up. And shut up. That's yeah. so awful. And it was it's like those moments, whether it's a compliment or it's an insult or whatever it is, or just an observation that that is an ass. Um, it it brings me out of my experience and into this incredibly self-conscious place where I don't feel safe. I don't totally. Feel, I don't feel strong in myself. I don't feel like I know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it happened once on my bicycle. Some man stopped me because I thought he was looking for directions, but he stopped me to tell me how good I looked on my bike. This was several years ago. And and I was just in a mood where I felt like explaining it. And I was like, you know, that's actually not okay with me because I'm, I'm here living my life, having an experience, and I'm... And you just took me out of my internal bodily mm-hmm, experience mm-hmm. and into a place where I needed to think mm-hmm. about what your experience of my body was. Mm-hmm. And that's so distracting. Totally. I mean, I'm constantly fighting that all the time, mm-hmm. the, the the feeling of like worrying about what my body looks like instead of what sure. it feels like. Sure. And it's it it's really shitty and it happens to women all the time. And, yeah and well it, that's especially like sucks. you're there for his pleasure exactly you know, like, like you're it's okay yeah. for him to stop you on doing whatever errands you're doing going to work I, I was whatever like busting my ass on like a really long intense bike ride wearing all the spandex you and, know and so but but you're <laughs> there for him you're there so that he can stop you and comment on your body yeah. like i have no problem talking to strangers mm-hmm. i like really yeah. enjoy talking to strangers but yeah. like that and it's is fine to be like, wow, that's a really cool scarf. Totally. When you're also, that's the difference out. also is yeah. like validating when commenting on, on your body versus commenting on your clothing. Yeah. Like when you comment on my clothing or um, you comment like on my haircut, like my haircut, maybe. my lip color, whatever, like that is commenting and validating my choices. Yeah. You know, so that's, that is a much better compliment than like um your anything about your body yeah even your makeup looks good is yeah. validating my choices even though it's still telling me i look pretty yeah you know what yeah. i mean but it is a much more specific like it it is i mean it's a it's a bigger compliment first off but it also doesn't carry a lot of weight yeah. of um the like things you have pretty much no control over totally and and i don't and like I, I don't want to feel like walking to the workout class. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my immediate feeling was, I wish I could hide. 
I wish I could have just transported magically mm-hmm. from where I'm staying to where I'm going uh, without having to deal with any of that because now I feel so small. Right. I, I feel huge. Display. I feel huge and small. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. But you don't, yeah. yeah, you don't feel confident anymore. Just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And it, ha- it happens whether it's a compliment mm-hmm. or an insult. Mm hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so it's it's stuff like that that I think, you know, not I don't know that this person necessarily was catcalling or anything like that, but it's stuff like that that is really important for people to really think about and unpack and Mm -hmm. and explore because the way the the language that we use really does matter. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't impact people, which we'll be getting to about. Oh, uh, right. About your injury. But like it's it's really it really matters. And even. For me, like I've I've realized, like I never want to be called a girl. Yeah, I mean, when I was a girl, that was fine. Oh, interesting. See, I'm not bothered when I'm called a girl. Really? Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't. I think it's just like to me, woman still feels very. Um, it's it's like the old joke, like oh, don't call me Mister. That's my dad's name oh. or something. You know, like <laughs> right, woman right. makes me feel older. <laughs> I am which is uh, you know that is my own issue so like I realize that's my own issue but I don't mind being called a girl these things aren't universal but I I do think like I don't find it infantilizing but I can understand why people would yeah and there's there's situations like there was something in like women's uh cycling I remember Mm -hmm. a couple years ago where like it was like the girls team and it's like in a professional like official setting like please right refer right. to them as women oh totally in that situation absolutely because you would never say the boys team you would say the no. men's team so yeah. if you're gonna say men you may you're right you may as well well you not may as well but you ought to say women yeah you know i'm if okay it's with the counterpart. hey girl oh totally I'm, that's fine <laughs> as long as it's not coming from a stranger on the street right yeah, please, please. Or hello, girls. I mean, the stranger could be Ryan Gosling. That would be okay. I'd be okay. Honestly, with that. I, I still would be a little like, oh, it's, it turns out you're a dick. Although, <laughs> um, f- I have had friends who've waited on him, and apparently, he's very nice. Oh, so the the rumors are true. Yes, he's very nice. So we put so Ryan Gosling and Keanu Reeves are in this. Don't like, know anyone who's waited on Keanu. Uh, well, I've just. He's so now he's now so in mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. so many articles now <laughs> that's just like oh my god Keanu Reeves is so nice <laughs> he's the best he's so gentle oh my god has he taken over for Ryan Gosling I think so as like a feminist <sighs> hero yeah 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 well anyways that so so I guess I, I guess kind of the the gist of it is this is this is complicated and difficult we right. would want this person to. Uh, do some self-exploration, maybe go to therapy to talk through this and get some support around it because right. you might not get it outside of, of a right. place like therapy. And then also to consider, if you haven't, you know, a respectful way. And you can Google these things too. You can find guides and like, mm. you know, on apologies, mm. on all kinds of things. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's definitely a lot on like how to do a good apology, but there are there may be stuff on like ways to approach this, but we kind of gave the gist. But you know, a yeah. respectful, humble email that's like not putting the responsibility on her, but like giving her the opportunity to help to like let you know what her experience was. Yeah, and and focusing it on that and not on on the other right, people. Right, right, right. I mean, don't focus it on him as a himself as a victim. Like yeah, try and no, recognize no. like no, and don't focus it on this other guy. 
Yes. Um, right. Because I mean, ultimately, like... That's something else. That guy is that guy. Yeah. It sounds like whatever issue is between him and that guy is just whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're summing it up. Yeah. So that's I'm it. Just babbling. I think... No, I mean, this is... This is a... This is a... We often babble on this show, but this is a particularly babbly one. So... Yeah. Because it's just... Uh, it's just not very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um... So, is there any song coming to your mind that you'd want to hear right now? Oh my God, that's such. I have I obviously I have a really spot. hard question picking songs. Yeah. Um, and you know what was in my head when I walked here? Yeah. What? It was Benny and the Jets? Okay, let's Can do we it. listen to that. Yeah. I don't know why. Sometimes I feel like maybe I do. I walk in that rhythm, and so it gets in my head. I don't know. Wait. That song gets in my head a lot. Sometimes I think I must walk in a rhythm that makes me think yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. it's not like a song I listen to a lot or I don't, like I would never call myself like an Elton John fan. For some reason, the only thing that popped up was the Beastie Boys. Well, that's <laughs> fine too. I mean. No, let's listen to the to the Elton John one. Yeah, I want to listen to Elton John. But I don't know why it's not coming up. I wonder if like. Well, maybe I, it doesn't exist on Spotify. No, that's no. not true. I think like maybe I'm spelling Benny wrong. B E N N Y. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. That's don't so weird. Know. Well, we could listen to the Beastie Boys version. I guess so. I didn't even know there was one, so that's great. Me neither. Great. So we'll have a new experience. Perfect. Okay, here's Benny and the Jets and the Beastie Boys. Uh, yeah. Nope. Almost. You're listening to BFF.FM. <laughs>
to Radical Advice on BFF.fm. That was quite a... Uh, it was not what I expected. It was, yeah, it was quite the cover of Benny and the Jets by Elton John, uh, <laughs> but covered by the Beastie Boys live and seemingly just like wasted or... I just don't even pretty know. slurry and mumbly right but it was, it was I don't think they knew the words I think that would have been really fun to see live because yeah it was, it was yeah it was lively it was lively mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um anyway uh you're listening to radical advice on bff.fm and and here I am with my guest Natalie Gallitzer hello hi so <laughs> sorry no it's okay <laughs> I have to be stopped um, I usually enter the restaurant where I work and I say hi, hello to everyone. And I didn't realize that I did it for so long that one day I walked in and the entire kitchen just yelled hi, hello at me. <laughs> and, then, and then every time I would come in for like literally years and still like the kitchen turns and goes hi, hello. And Aww. they see me. It's kind of adorable. You have a thing. You have a catchphrase. I didn't know I did. So... Uh. I, I want to talk a little more about um, about what you what insights you've gained from mm. having this injury and navigating the world. And okay. So we were so one of the parts has to do <clears throat> with the actual f- physically navigating things, and and, yeah. and then the other part has to do with mentally, emotionally, socially navigating things. Right. And that we kind of were were starting to allude to a little bit at the mm-hmm. end of our last conversation because of um, the kinds of comments people totally make. And and earlier this morning, you were like, yeah, it's it's really um, frustrating when people ask you. Well, I, yeah. I get really pissed off when people say, what did you do to your foot? Yeah, because I didn't do shit to my foot. Your foot did this to you. I mean, man. kind of. Something you know, happened to my foot. Yeah, something happened to your foot. I didn't do anything, and yeah. it really bothers me when people ask that question because it sounds accusatory. Yeah. Even if it doesn't have an accusatory tone, I didn't do anything. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a very victim blaming. Sorry, I'm getting really worked up. But Please. it's a sort of a victim blaming kind for. of um, question. Yeah. You know, um, and yes, there are arm breaks or whatever that may happen where you were potentially being an idiot or something but even then like who cares that's an inappropriate it's an inappropriate way to ask after someone's injury yeah you know like you would never ask someone who has a cold what did you do you know I wouldn't but (laughs) yeah I mean I've been in I've been in worlds I I may have talked about this on the show before like uh, at my grad school I remember like you know, being being in this world of like very um, health conscious and like kind of hip in a hippy dippy mm-hmm. kind of way, people, mm-hmm. and in that world, there can be a lot of um, I think uh, a victim mm. about normal bodily dysfunction, yeah, or like n- like normal things that happen, like viruses, where mm. well, you you will come across people who, and I feel like I kind of grew up in this a little bit too, but where it's like oh, it's because you were eating this thing or because of... And it's just like... Like we said at the beginning, bodies are incredibly complex systems. They're super complex. And like to blame one person for eating something is and thus that causing their issue is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, if you're allergic to gluten and you eat gluten and you have a reaction, okay, fine. But like ultimately like there are a lot of people in the world who eat a lot of different things and 
their bodies don't all react the same way. Yeah, and even if even if it is known to you that mm-hmm. a certain thing hurts hurts your body mm-hmm. in a particular way, whether it's food or some other thing, it's still not useful to go down like a yes. like a shame right. spiral or like a, I'm bad or right. you know, but. But like you said, even people people don't necessarily say what did you do in a way where they're intending it that way. But again, mm-hmm. it, it's like the way that words words do have this subtle impact yes. in our like and it's not subtle for you because you're actually having to hear the words and and sit with that meaning right. over and over again. Well, it puts me when someone asks that, um, it puts me on the defensive immediately. Like all of a sudden yeah. I feel like I have to defend how I am taking care of myself. Uh-huh. And I have to enumerate the number of things that I am doing for my body and my foot to to try and limit how um to to limit my healing time, right? Yeah. Um and I mean I haven't gone into all of the things that I'm doing, but I'm doing a lot for my foot. Yeah. And I don't and, I don't and like you said, other you were ex- doing a lot before. And I, this right. Even and happened. I was doing a lot before and I'm doing a lot now and I'm still struggling with the injury. And um, when people say, what did you do? It just makes me feel like, well, am I am I not doing enough? Are you mm-hmm, kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot tell you how much time I spend every single day, how many things I am ingesting every single day, yeah. how many like different kinds of doctors and different kinds of treatments I am pursuing. Like I'm doing a lot. Yeah. yeah. So unless you're going to like give me some like novel like treatment advice, like I don't really want to hear it. <laughs> oh God, but- I never want to hear advice like medical advice for, or treatment ideas from people. I'm just like, yeah, I've probably tried it. I don't. That's fair. <laughs> I guess that that's possible. I think I'm also a little bit in a phase where I'm like, if you give me something weird and tell me it worked for you, I'm interested in hearing. But if you tell me that I should do something, if you use the word should, oh, yeah. that's another one where I'm immediately like, oh, should I? Should I fucking do that? Yeah. What should I do? Tell me how to live my life. <laughs> but if you say, you know, I have this pain and this is the only thing that worked for me, I might be like, tell me more about where you got that and yeah. why and what kind of pain you had so that I can figure out for me if that translates to my body. Totally. Because that is a conversation I'm interested and willing to have. Yeah. yeah. But if you tell me what I need to be doing, this is, okay, here's another one. Yeah. Okay, so I, you know, I have the capsulitis, which is this pain in the ball of my foot, basically, at a, at the bare minimum. It's a joint inflammation. It means I can't roll my foot, so I can't put weight on the ball of my foot. Um, and when I started walking again, though, the like the pain in my plantar fascia started to increase. Right. Technically, it's not plantar fasciitis. It's just a pain in the same place or whatever, or close enough place. Um, but regardless, like, you know, I'm compensating to not put weight on the ball of my foot by putting more weight on the back of my foot. So I'm getting more increased pain. Right. So I'm like, OK, well, clearly, even though I am wearing shoes with insoles, they are not doing enough. So I like asked some people on social media, I was like, what, for for your plantar fasciitis, oh, what sneaker do you recommend? Yeah. I got specific shoe advice, which was excellent. But I also got a lot of people saying, you need to stretch. You need to roll your foot on a ball. You need to do this. And I was like, 
do you think I don't do that? I asked you for shoe advice. I didn't yeah. ask you, actually. Yeah. I asked the world. Yeah. And I want your shoe advice. Yeah. And that's helpful. But if you tell me that I need to fucking stretch, are you fucking kidding me? I will wring your fucking neck. I'm sorry. And I really do appreciate that people are helpful. And I didn't say any of this to some of them, although one person specifically was like, I'm sorry if I'm mansplaining. I was like, you are. Um, and he's like, this is what worked for me, but it was really stretching. And then they say condescending things like, and it doesn't go away immediately. It take months to heal. I'm like, I've been dealing with it for literally years. Like, are you, yeah. do you, you obviously follow me on this Instagram. So, you know, I'm dealing with like a lot of foot pain. Do you think I'm not going to a doctor that hasn't told me to stretch already? Like, yeah, I mean, do, and again, yeah. it puts me on the defensive of feeling like I need to enumerate all of the things I'm doing again, yeah. how much time I'm spending, how I'm using a timer to stretch every day, shit yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. doing enough. And, and then I, and you, you know, don't owe these people shit. I mean, I know, and I don't. Yeah. And and you know, some of them even gave me good advice sprinkled into their right. But it's hard. To, it's stuff. hard to hear. I have a really hard time. I get so immediately defensive yeah. actually with a lot of these things because 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 Sorry. this is medical trauma. Like we have medical right. trauma from having a problem and it not being easily solved. Mm-hmm. And all the various things that come, complications that come along with that, including people's reactions, including the feelings of self, the self-failure feelings, like right. all those things, right. the, the like spending money that didn't go anywhere and you sure. know, all of that. Sure. It's traumatic and it right. builds up and right. I am very prickly about mm-hmm. it. I'm very prickly with people about this yes. stuff. Right. Because you've been dealing with it for such a long time. You've been throwing money. You've been throwing time yeah. at the problem. Yeah. So when people tell you how you need to deal with the problem, it's like, Come on, dude. Yeah. But, and I don't want to sound ungrateful to the people who did give me advice because one of those pieces of advice led me to these amazing orthopedic shoes, which are ugly as sin, but they are so much more comfortable. I cannot tell you how fucking happy. I almost (laughs) cried in the shoe store. I'm not joking. That's amazing. And they're like, they're cool. They're They're not terrible. They're just simple black sneakers. They're They're like simple black sneakers. A little chunky. A little chunky. I wear, I have normal sized feet and my feet look like, my. I'm a 5'4 woman. I, these shoes are made for someone who's like seven foot. Well, as a, maybe as I'm just a, really sensitive right now. As a 5'3 right woman with size nine shoes, I, I don't know. These are, I mean, I'm an eight. Okay. So yeah. We're, these are we're eights. Average, yeah. But they look like 12s. <laughs> okay. I'm just also very sensitive at the moment yeah. because I'm also used to seeing my foot in a slim line thing. So there's also right, a certain right. amount of like what I'm used to seeing and this is just not what I'm used to seeing. Totally. But like chunky sneakers like that are actually pu- in I right now. I know. Someone told me they looked like Yeezys and I was like, what's a Yeezy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sneaker that looks very similar to that is what is in the window at Everlane on Valencia right now i think these are bigger but still i appreciate it thank you i, I know what you're trying to do they, i do appreciate it they have it. them in beige this is this is what i oh wow this is what i need to hear this no, is what but, i need to but hear but yeah no it's and, and it's and it's good that you were able to get well i looked get, through it yeah and you know there were even people who who said things about like the stretching or whatever that didn't say it in way this is where words matter yeah when you say to me you need to stretch. That's, it's condescending. Like, I know I need to stretch. I do stretch. I'm looking for a new shoe. Yeah. Like, yep. I'm looking for a shoe that I can put my insole into. Yeah. Because I feel like the shoe I have right now is not 
supportive enough. And like the list that my podiatrist gave me is kind of intimidatingly big. And I'm curious what specifically, especially like the people that I'm friends with on social media are generally like they're stylish or we have similar styles. So I'm kind of interested in actually what I really wanted was someone to say, this shoe model was the one that did it for me and hey I wore it yeah so even like one one woman messaged me and said like I have a private account so all of these people are people I know they're all friends yeah um one woman said like you know stretching never really did it for me I mean she just like brought that up randomly um and what I had to do was I had to wear chunky, ugly sneakers for a while. And now this is what I wear, blah, blah, blah. But I think hearing the I had to wear ugly, big shoes also put the seed in my brain that maybe I would have to yeah. wear chunky, ugly shoes. Yeah. So that when the shoe guy put this on, I didn't even like ask for other options. I was like, OK, yeah, you've dealt with people with plantar fasciitis and capsulitis. Okay, mm-hmm. I yes, put me in that shoe. I'm yeah. not even going to ask you what it costs because I'm about to cry because my foot feels so much better. Yeah. So like obviously it doesn't matter. Right. This right. is what credit cards are for right now. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, and you're just I mean, you're just you're just trying to feel okay. And right. I think that it's so what what I think part of what happens with other people's reactions. Mm-hmm is the same problem that we're having on the end of like being in the thing is mm-hmm. um the difficulty with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. everybody struggles with not being able to solve problems. Sure. And not having the answers to things. I know I'm someone who like when people ask me a question and I don't know the answer. You feel like you have to find out. I feel I feel like I have to give an answer right then. Mm. And like I've, yeah, I'm getting too. better at like I might mumble or, or like babble for a little bit mm-hmm. and then be like, you know what? I don't know why I'm trying to answer this physics question for you. Yeah. I don't know. Well, not, not yeah. that people ask me physics questions that often. But it's an example yeah, of it's like, like how outlandish clear- the question yeah, is that I you'll still try and answer. I clearly don't know. And and it's, you know, it's fun to go into the like, hmm, I wonder and like sort of think through it kind of thing. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But it, but there is a pattern of like feeling like I need to know. And, and I think that when people are in pain, other people want to fix it. And... Mm-hmm they do all kinds of unhelpful things in the process. Yes. And I do think like, again, there are helpful ways. There are helpful things to do as well. You know, and it also depends on where you are in your injury. Like you've been dealing with those issues for much longer. So I feel like your patience is probably a little thinner than mine. On it, I mean, honestly, in terms of like... But I haven't been as disabled by anything as you. Fair enough. So I'm trying to like... I'm trying to realize that when people give me advice, they're trying to be helpful. But yeah. I'm also trying to realize that when I give advice, I need to choose my words carefully yeah. and not tell someone what they should do, but I'll tell them what I did that worked for my situation. Yeah. You know, and then like when I've gone to like the cannabis store or whatever and said like, hey, like I'm looking for a product, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm very specific about like this is what my pain is is so that they can you know it's it's the same thing like this is like I'm in touch with what kind of pain I have so that people can give me advice that is related to what I have instead of um oh let me just tell you like what you need to do even if it's not related to what you have at all yeah you know what I mean um when you see people when you like the post you did I see people and I may have done this myself before too when they post something where they're looking for a specific thing 
give a bunch of like, hey, by the way, this is what I'm not, this is not what I'm looking for right now. I know, now. and I thought about that, and then I realized like 24 hours later that I should have posted that, and I and was like, okay. you know, yeah. but at this point, I don't want to shame people who did help me because, yeah. yeah, 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 because for the most part, like, people are trying to be helpful, they're trying to be helpful, <laughs> so I just kind of wreck it, like, I'm not in person, so they can't see my face. Yeah. So I do appreciate all of the people that gave me advice. I do appreciate you if you're listening, mm-hmm. even if your advice was to stretch. I appreciate that you're out there, but please learn to maybe think about more with think yeah. more about what the question is really asking. Yeah. And then if there isn't a specific question, mm-hmm. um, also when somebody is telling you about a problem they're having in their life, any mm-hmm. kind of problem. I think it's a good practice. We don't, I don't always do it, but like I'd like to do it more and I do it sometimes, which is to say like, what kind of support are you looking for right now? Yeah. If you don't know, like, cause maybe they just want to talk. Yeah. They, they might, might not yeah. be looking and for And they advice. might not even know what they're looking for mm-hmm. and they might, it might force them to sort of pause and think about what it is that they, they are needing in that moment. Right. Which is good for them too. Totally. And but, as yeah. like friends, like we can adjust yeah. what kind of support we're giving. Yeah. Like I can just listen. Mm-hmm. Or I could try to talk through the problem with mm-hmm. them or I could, you know, tell them, you know, what's worked for me mm-hmm. or, you or know. Or you can just tell them that they're a great person the end and like totally. they just boost their ego for mm-hmm. a minute because sometimes that's, that's, what that's they all need. I want. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like. Right. With this injury, if if someone tells me to take turmeric, I'll murder them. I, I am taking turmeric. I'll say that that is something that I, I mean, do believe in. I mean, your entire body and clothes are stained yellow oh, right now. right. So. But I am yeah. I am taking it. Like, I do take it daily. But if someone tells me to fucking take turmeric, I'm yeah. going to hit them over the head. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've got, like, it sounds so negative. No, but the thing is, again, it's like, it's really hard to be in this place. And it can be, it can be isolating. Mm-hmm. For on so on so many levels, but I find mm-hmm. the bat or the 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 advice that isn't helpful to me to be even more isolating in a way because it's like mm-hmm. there's like a divide between me and because the it's person. like they're not listening. It's like they haven't yeah. they haven't asked the question of like oh what are you doing before they tell you what you yeah. should do. Yeah. You know, I mean, if someone said like oh have you tried electroacupuncture, I might say. Well, I would say yes, but um, <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Right, but like over oh, a week you told me about I, I've only done it it's been less than a week and again this is another thing where th- that and the shoes have provided the biggest changes wow. in my pain wow which is also very weird and I also recognize that acupuncture isn't for everybody electroacupuncture is fucked up it's so fucking weird but um <laughs> anyway the point is like had someone three months ago said well oh I hear you're doing acupuncture have you tried electric acupuncture like it worked for me I would have said oh really tell me more what does it feel like but if they said like oh you're doing oh you should try acupuncture I'd say I'm doing acupuncture I'm going three times a week yeah don't tell me I should do acupuncture Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just like the line right because they're not taking the time to like ask you or listen to you they're just assuming that and it's like oh I have yeah when I, I'm such a I'm I, so whiny today I'm sorry no, I'm thing, usually very positive oh no I love it because I'm usually negative oh. um the thing that I that really gets to me is certain is I'd be fine if people lovingly like good friends lovingly reminded me to drink water that would be fine but when I'm having any kind of ailment and people are like have you had enough water I I want to scream right I think I'm like I'm sorry but 
there's no way I'm so dehydrated that all my problems come down to that. I know, right? <laughs> like drinking water is good, but also like, eh, I don't think we even need as much water as they say. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I want to. I just want to say something positive about okay. my injury. Yeah. Um, that I also kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to like stop complaining because I do appreciate all of the advice that friends have given me. You know, I what like I was turned on to turmeric by someone else who has this situation. Like uh-huh, I found uh-huh. a lot of things by people straight up saying like, "Oh, this is what I did." Mm-hmm. You know, like this helps me with a similar issue, or whatever. Like I found a ton of different things that way, and that's been invaluable. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we were talking a lot of like a little bit about catcalling, mm-hmm, not exactly mm-hmm. catcalling specifically, but strangers talking to you. Um, and uh, strangers talk to me. I take the bus everywhere. Um, which has been interesting with a knee scooter and a boot. Um, and now as someone who would prefer to have a seat, probably needs a seat, but doesn't look unhealthy. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not going to ask for a seat anymore. Um, it's It's been an interesting situation because like people on the bus, I don't wear headphones out. So sometimes people will talk to me anyway, like to strangers. But with this injury, I feel like I've become almost desexualized as a woman on the street to talk to Mm. and more people have spoken to me and it's all been more like oh I had one of those knee scooters oh man what happened (laughs) oh my god like you know just whatever or is that electric (laughs) (laughs) like every little old person on the bus wants to know if it's electric (laughs) but then sometimes people just like I feel like they like look at me in this injury or even without this injury and are like Oh, this is a receptive person. I need to tell them all about my problems. Any any young person without headphones on is a receptive person. I guess so. I don't. I guess I also don't stare at my phone a ton. Yeah. I like I I try to be conscientious about not. I mean, I'm t- still terrible at it, but I try and be conscientious about like not staring at my phone constantly on the bus. Like yeah. I do want to experience the world outside. I do like looking out the window. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people sometimes you're standing like holding your phone is uncomfortable it's dumb I just you know I I don't want to be one of those people who's like lost Mm -hmm. in everything else which I often am anyway Mm. but Mm -hmm. I guess it makes me receptive so I hear all about strangers problems on the bus (laughs) I am that person that's amazing yes what so what's what's one um well okay to try to be more positive about it what's What's an example of something that exists in our built environment that you weren't really conscious of before, but has been a huge help to you in this, uh, like that you feel more appreciative of now? Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I mean, the crutch, having crutches was really difficult because nothing felt accessible. Yeah. But having that knee scooter, everything felt accessible. Like mm. I could, it wasn't easy, but I, I could take the bus as much as I did. Yeah. Um, and I do appreciate, I did really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and having, like realizing um, there's a bus on my street that I usually don't take because I usually walk to a bus that's further away, I guess. Mm. Um but like even those bus stops like either the outbound or the inbound were within crutching distance for me okay you know which I didn't really think about until a little too late to be honest Mm -hmm, but um mm -hmm. I think that like this city isn't the easiest but it's definitely 
it's actually pretty accessible. Mm. Like I was really shocked. You know, I was kind of the crutches were hard crutches I don't think it, I don't think anywhere's accessible if you're on crutches I think mm-hmm. it's just too much it's too much work it's too exhausting you know the first day yeah. I had the crutches I tried to walk walk from my house to catch the 49 which is like a seven minute walk yeah and that is way too long on crutches like it is way too long that's like yeah. 20 minutes on crutches and it, it, I mean halfway there I was like I am dying but now I'm halfway there and either my house or the bus stop is like you know, I have to do one or the other. Right, right. I'm not going to call Lyft to get me two blocks. Ugh, yeah. Um, so I went to L.A. with the knee scooter and um, I found a lot of, you know, with the knee scooter, like I could still shuffle around. I, I don't, I, I can't not walk at all. I could just, I was just shuffling. So I could pick it up and down a little bit if I needed to. Mm, okay. Um, and I was getting to intersections in L.A. that had no ramp. So you couldn't cross the street if you were like on a wheelchair or something. And um, if I, you know, I was, I'm, I was still able-bodied enough to like just pick up the knee scooter and put it into the street when the light changed Mm -hmm. and pick up the knee scooter Mm -hmm. and lift it back onto the curb on the other side. But like, had I been a person in a wheelchair, it would have been terrible. Yeah. On top of that, the sidewalks were often awful. And like, is very hostile to pedestrians. Oh, and if you're you know disabled at all yeah I mean that it was it was hard enough being like a semi-bodied anyway it was um it made me feel really grateful for as many faults as there are in San Francisco and as many shitty sidewalks that I rolled over and fell over Mm. on the knee scooter like um it was so much worse well and there's um there's a great episode of 99% visible about about accessibility and curb cuts so you're talking about yeah. curb cuts which yeah. is the okay. little yeah, ramping yeah, yeah. of the sidewalk I didn't know the terminology yeah Thank well you. I only knew because of this episode mm. and you learn the history and the fight that went behind them mm. and actually it started in Berkeley really yeah and the thing it's it's an example of and and what the episode ultimately was about was about um design that was done because of accessibility needs for people with disabilities that ended up benefiting everybody. Yeah. Like curb cuts are actually good for all of us. Uh, Someone walking with a stroller or like you have like a basket wheeling stuff or like, Mm -hmm. you know, your ankles sprained. Right. You know, you're just an older person who just like doesn't, those steps are tough. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so it's like, it's like, um, and, and the whole point is that, uh, design that is put in place for, for uh, accessibility for people with more severe disabilities mm-hmm. is beneficial to everybody. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I think another positive thing is like I went to a show at the New Parish the other day and I I, I, I started walking. I was wearing shoes, um, but I, I didn't think I'd be capable of standing through a show. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I mean, was not. I'm not. <laughs> right. I mean, I like, I'm already in my problem. 30s and I'd have a hard yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, but I really didn't think that with the, where my foot was that I could do it. And mm-hmm. I hadn't been to the new parish in long enough that I wasn't really sure about seating. So I emailed because, you know, I was like, I I also, I bought these tickets months ago. I didn't expect this injury to be this long. Yeah. Um. So I just asked if they could, like, put a chair aside for me. I figured they'd just, like, 
put a chair somewhere and it ended up being like a little table and two chairs for me and my friend like directly to the side of the stage it 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 felt kind of weird because I was also like in my head, I'm like, I look like a non-injured person right now. Mm. I look like an able-bodied person. Right. But I'm not at the moment yet. And um, it was very weird. I had to just get over that feeling. Um, but, you know, it said like ADA reserve for Natalie yeah. Gallitzer. Um, anyway, the point is, I really appreciate, though, that that exists and that that was such an easy process. I was so anxious oh, about it. I know. We talked about it like the yeah, day before. And all I had to do was like, I called and she said, oh, just forward me your confirmation for your tickets and we'll and just let the people know at the door that awesome. your name and that was it. And then they like that was it. It was so easy. It was um, not as intimidating as I thought it was. And like for someone who's like, you know, I felt like was I going to have to miss this opportunity in my mm-hmm. life? Like, I don't want this to this injury has has caused me to change a lot of my life in the last few months anyway I don't want it to change everything I don't want to miss out on life because I'm like well I don't know right yeah and so and it takes a lot of advocacy to do that self-advocacy yes um we're like almost out of time oh no so I want to ask you a final question Uh don't overthink it okay because I will and I'll talk for 20 more minutes I know uh the treasure is buried somewhere in San Francisco. What is the treasure? Where is it buried? Um, I think it's gold that one of the prospectors probably left Ooh, behind to yeah. hide yeah. and just never came back to. So it's probably somewhere in North Beach. Okay. Is let's, my guess. Let's go find it now. Okay. Um, all right. Uh Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is such a good discussion. And I, I, yeah. I'm i sad we didn't have more than two hours to have it. Yeah. Well, I hope that my negativity was um, not is kind of blanketed in positivity. I think so. And I think it's probably, um, it's educational and it's probably uh, also validating to some people. So okay, I think it's good. really important for people to understand what these experiences are like. And, you, and you're wonderful to be around and you're not whatever you're struggling through you don't come across to me as like a bummer but even if you were I would understand so well thank you for having me yeah thank you um yeah um please uh follow radical advice on twitter facebook keep up with things um you can support the show and the station by going to bff.fm slash summer sustainer and becoming a bestie uh, and and find us at mush on thursday at jack london square at the marina lawn 6 30 p.m and at our besties bash on saturday 4 to 7 p.m here at the secret alley and let's end with uh this song let's end with bad idea by madeline kenny from the album perfect shapes uh enjoy your tuesday keep listening more good music coming up <laughs>